Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football CU Podcast. This is Andrew here with you again. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about the divisional round of the playoffs, the games that just um, ended last weekend. We're going to talk about some fantasy impacts on those teams. And we're also going to preview the NFC and AFC championship games on Sunday, what I'm looking at, who I think might win, and also fantasy impacts on those games as well. And I'm also going to talk about the biggest busts of the 2023 fantasy season. Some players you had high expectations, we all did, and where you draft them, they did not pay off. We're going to look at about three players at each position. Talk about that a little bit. But as we always have to do, the most important thing, we have to start with the Word of God. So today we're going to look at the book of Colossians. Chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So we need to focus on things above, not meaningless things here on earth that have no value. We need to focus on God, His Word, spreading His gospel, reaching hearts, and continuing His his glory here on earth. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about let's talk about the divisional round. Let's talk about last week's games. I'm going to get some numbers here um, and talk how these games went, some fantasy impact, and we're going to we're going to look into this. So the first game we're going to look at is the Texans and the Ravens. Man, did Lamar Jackson look good. He basically had a perfect game. Everything he did was gold. He had 11 carries, 100 yards rushing. Excuse me, 11 carries, 100 yards rushing. Two rushing touchdowns. That'd be great for any running back to have. But that was Lamar Jackson's rushing stats. He also, let me find his passing stats here. So to go along with his rushing ability, he had that game, his his crazy rushing production. He had he was 16 for 22 with 152 yards and two more touchdowns. He didn't have to throw the ball much, but he threw two more touchdowns that game. Just crazy, crazy good game for him. Um, unfortunately, C.J. Stroud, he didn't really do all that great. He started off really well the first half, but the second half just didn't turn out that well. He had a total of 175 passing yards. Nico Collins had five for 68. That's not bad. Um, but really, it was it was Lamar Jackson all day, every day. And going into next year, I think C.J. Stroud's going to be fine. He's going to be probably like a top eight, top seven drafted quarterback. He's going to be really good, especially with um, Tank Dell back and Nico Collins one more year. And who knows what they're going to pick up in free agency. This is going to be a good team. And for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson's always like a top five quarterback. He might be sneaking into the top four, top three even, depending on what you're looking at. He might surpass a Mahomes or a Hurts. Who knows? Depends on if they get another good receiver and he can continue his passing game. But that game wasn't really close. The Texans stayed with him a little bit in the first half, but Ravens kind of took over in that second half. And then the next game we have, Yes, the Packers and 49ers, this was a game. 
This was a game, and it's because of the Packers' running game. Aaron Jones had 18 carries for 108 yards. He was just running straight through that defense, keeping the 49ers' offense on the bench, keeping the defense on the field, getting tired, and continuing drives. And Jordan Love played really well as well until that last throw. That last throw just was, you hate to see it. He was trying to be Superman and just didn't turn out. But he was 21 for 34, 194 yards, two touchdowns, and two bad picks. That's what really hurt. Dobbs had four for 83. It's pretty good. Um, Christian Watson wasn't really involved. He only got two targets. But if he can stay healthy, he'll be something next year. And for the 49ers, Brock Purdy did not look good at all for about the first 70% of that game. But when it counted, when they needed him, he won the game. He put a drive together. Gave them the W. That's all you really need. McCaffrey was awesome. 17 carries, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Also seven catches for 30 more yards. He carried this team. And I'll tell you what, if it continues this way, where Brock Purdy is okay, not great, but McCaffrey carries McCaffrey. If they get to the Super Bowl and they win the Super Bowl, McCaffrey is going to be the MVP. But going into next year, I think Aaron Jones is going to be a really solid RB2, maybe even sneak into RB1, depending on their roster. Um, Jordan Love's going to be a guy to look at because he might be one of those slightly undervalued quarterbacks that can really produce for you if you get them at a good price. Um, and, and we're interested to see those receivers they have because they're all young, and I don't know how good they're going to be um, and how they're going to mesh if they can stay healthy. That's the big thing. And for the 49ers, McCaffrey's probably the number one overall pick next year. Um, Brock Purdy is um, a good starting quarterback. I don't think he's a top eight or top ten, but if you have him on your team and you start him, you can feel fine about that. And then Debo Samuel, he didn't play this game, but well, he played, but he got hurt pretty much right out the gate. Um, he's always, always due for a crazy play, so he'll be he'll be really good in fantasy next year. Same with George Kittle. George Kittle tight ends are so hard to find. He had 81 yards and a touchdown this game. He's awesome. He does it all. And the next game we have is the Buccaneers and the Lions. The Buccaneers fought in this game. I was, that's what I was kind of expecting. thought the Buccaneers would keep it close and the Lions would kind of pull away. Pretty much what happened. For the Buccaneers, Baker was 26 of 41, 349 yards, three touchdowns, but two interceptions really did some drives in. That's really what hurt them. Um, Rashad White had 55 yards rushing. That's fine. Also, four catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. That's the key guy I want to look into next year is Rashad White. He is going to be something. He's not going to be as cheap as he was this year. I need to see where he's drafted, but I really, really want to look at him next year because he's just a volume king. He is their whole running offense, basically, and Mike Evans is awesome. Eight for 147 and a touchdown. Hard to get any better than that. And Kate Otten looked pretty good, too. He might be someone to look into as a tight end next year. He had four, excuse me, five catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. And for the Lions, Jaron Goff, he didn't play great, but he didn't need to. He was 30 for 43, 287, two touchdowns. That's fine. Nothing that blows you away, but he did what he had to do. Got the ball to those receivers. They won the game. But Jameer Gibbs, that, that dude is insane. He had nine carries, 74 yards, averaged 8.2 yards a carry, had a rushing touchdown, also put in four catches for 40 yards. 
he's going to be probably a top 10, top 15 pick overall next year. He's worth it. He is that good. Dave Montgomery, he still got involved 10 over 33, but Jameer Gibbs is is the real deal. And Amon Ross St. Brown, 8 for 77 in a touchdown. And Sam Laporta, 9 for 65 on 11 targets. Their offense basically runs through three guys. Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Laporta. And for us fantasy managers, we love that. We love that. Those guys are going to be draft picks next year, and they're going to pay off. The last game we have might have been the best game overall. That's the Chiefs and the Bills. And was this a good game? I feel kind of bad for the Bills because they had their opportunity. They just, they just didn't make the plays. And it didn't really come down to field goal. Yeah, he should have made that field goal. But if he did, the Chiefs had a lot of time on the clock. You can't tell me with like a minute and a half, whatever it was left, and all their timeouts, that Mahomes wasn't going to get a field goal to win the game. I, that's going to happen. But for the Chiefs, Mahomes, he played okay. 215 yards, two touchdowns. Um, also had six carries for 19 yards. He was fine, but just like all year, the Chiefs offense hasn't looked super in sync, and I don't know what it is, but Isaiah Pacheco has carried this team on his back. 15 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown. He was also involved in the passing game. He had a big 14-yard um, catch in the middle of the game, and it was really huge for them. Isaiah Pacheco is going to be a great, great pickup next year. I don't know where he's going to go, but... Keep an eye on him. And Travis Kelsey, he turned out this game. Five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. I think Father Time's kind of catching up with him a little bit, so I don't know how valuable he'll be next year, but he's playing his best football when it counts in the playoffs. And Rasheed Rice, he didn't do much. He had 447, but he didn't really need to be involved as much this game because it was all Pacheco, all Kelsey. And for the Bills, man, Josh Allen did... As much as he could, he missed some guys a couple times, um, but he played so well. He had 186 yards passing passing and a touchdown. Not great, but he had 72 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns on 12 carries. That's insane. And James Cook played pretty well, too, 18 for 61. Not bad. Um, it wasn't really involved in the passing game, which is disappointing, but he's been really good this year. So I'm interested to see where he lands. And Josh Allen's going to be the number one quarterback like he always is. Um, but the main thing is, is Stephon Diggs. I don't know what's going on with him. He came back He came back a little bit the past couple weeks, but this week again, 3 for 21. Where is he at when he's needed most? I, I just don't know. But that is it for those games. And now we are on. We are on to the AFC and NFC Championship games. We got the Ravens and the Chiefs and the Lions and the 49ers. Let's start with the Ravens and Chiefs. This game is going to be crazy. Even though the Ravens are are much better team than the Chiefs, the Chiefs still have two things going for them. Their names are Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. You can never count them out. I think the Ravens are going to win this game, but not going to be easy at all. I'm going to say it's going to be a, like a 35-31 win for the Ravens. And I think they are going to have to march down the field and win at the end of the game. I think it's going to come to a game-winning drive with Lamar Jackson. And maybe he runs it in for a touchdown with like five seconds left, something like that. But I'm picking the Ravens to win that game because they are home. They are the better team. But I am scared, scared, scared of Patrick Mahomes if I'm the Ravens. 
The next game, we have the 49ers and the Lions. So for the 49ers, it's been sketchy. They didn't look good last week. Debo's been dinged up, but it sounds like he's going to go. And that, to me, is huge. If he can make it through the full game, 49ers win this game. And I'm not going to say they win it easily, but they're in control for pretty much the whole game because they are a better team. The Lions are a great story. A lot of young talent, but 49ers are the better team. And if they are healthy and in control, it's at home, they should be in control of this game. I'm picking them to win like a 31-23, something like that. Where The Lions are going to get blown out. They're really good. But I don't think 49ers are ever going to feel like they're in danger of losing this game. So that's my picks for the AFC and NFC Championship. Going to be, to me, 49ers and Ravens in the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. We'll see if I'm right. But next up, we have my fantasy football busts of 2023. Yeah. Man, these guys, these guys, we, we thought, we thought, we thought that they were going to play so well for us. And this is what happened. So we are going to start at the quarterback position. Um, got three guys here that were drafted super high, but they just, they didn't really do hardly anything. Well, they played okay, but not where we drafted them. We wanted more from where they were drafted, and they just didn't do it. Um, so first we have Patrick Mahomes. He was drafted about number 14 overall on average quarterback one, and he ended up as quarterback eight overall. You might be thinking, why is a QB eight overall a bust? Because of where you drafted him. You drafted him in the second round where you could have got a stud receiver or running back and he was QB8. Not necessarily it was QB1, but barely, but no, he was QB8. It's a huge disappointment. He spent a second round pick on him, and he was he was worse overall than Jordan Love. Jordan Love had a better fantasy year than Patrick Mahomes, and Jordan Love was basically undrafted. So that just goes to show you um, how, how Mahomes' managers are feeling this year. The next we have Trevor Lawrence. He was drafted as as um, overall number about 49 in that range, quarterback eight, um, and he ended up as quarterback 12. And the reason why he's one of my biggest busts is because he was supposed to be one of those, not necessarily sleeper quarterbacks, but one of those guys that you can pick up later that's really going to crush it for you and you can get him for a little bit cheaper. But he only averaged about 16 points per game and you're really wanting 18 to 20 as a solid starter. He was getting 16 points per game. He only had four top 10 weeks, and you drafted him as number eight quarterback overall. Just didn't turn out. And the next one here, it wasn't all his fault. He got injured, but Justin Herbert. He was drafted at pick 43, about quarterback five on average. He ended up as quarterback 17 for overall points. And the worst part was he got hurt right before the playoffs. Week 15 started, that's when he was on IR and done for the year. You're like, what? If you draft him as your quarterback, you were in crisis mode. You had no idea what to do. And um, when he was healthy, he had three games with single-digit fantasy points. Those weeks, he probably got you an O. So those are my biggest busts for the quarterback position. Now let's go to running back. And this is this was my biggest bust of the year, Austin Eckler. He was drafted basically number two overall, running back two. That was the average. Um, he ended up as running back 26. 
He only averaged about 13 points per game. And for a number one pick, that number two overall pick in the first round, you're expecting in the 20s. That's what he that's what he had his previous like four or five straight years. He was great, but 13 points per game. And he only ended the year with five weeks inside the top 10. Not top five, top 10. That's Man, that hurts. He did have some injuries, so um, that's part of the reason why. But when he was healthy, he still didn't quite look right. Next one I have here is Tony Pollard. He was drafted about 12 overall, running back 5, ended up as running back 14. So he didn't crush you. He didn't end your fantasy season after you drafted him. But during the playoffs, he kind of did. He had single-digit fantasy points from week 15 to 17. Every single week of the fantasy playoffs, single digits from your um, second round pick. You can't have that. You can't have that if you're wanting to win a championship. The next one I have, not all his fault, Bijan Robinson. He was drafted about eight overall, running back three total in the first round. He ended up as running back nine, which ending at running back nine, not bad. You'll take that. Um, he was drafted running back three and ended up running back nine. That's a little bit lower than expectations, but it's not awful. But this is why he was the biggest, one of the biggest busts to me. Not only was he drafted in the first round, and there were some weeks where he just didn't show up, like that that migraine game where um, Arthur Smith benched him and just made no sense. But that's part of the reason why he's on this list is because of Arthur Smith. But the biggest thing, week 15, beginning of the fantasy playoffs, he scored .4 fantasy points point four not even a full point that's pbr if you didn't play pbr you got you negative it just man when the playoff started and you needed him the most that's what happens and again not all his fault those were the running backs now let's go to the wide receivers first one here on the board is t higgins he was drafted about number 40 overall round wide receiver 16 in that range he ended up as wide receiver 51 Outside the top 50, not all his fault. He, he had a lot of injuries that he had to deal with. Um, but when he was healthy, he only had six He had six games with single-digit fantasy points. So pr- almost half of his games that he was healthy, he got you single-digit fantasy points. That's, that's not going to cut it, especially when you draft him as a wide receiver two, sometimes even a wide receiver one, depending on how you draft it. And the next one here, this is the one that hurt me the most and one of my really, really, um, really more um, challenging and um, competitive leagues, Garrett Wilson. He was drafted about number 20 overall, wide receiver 10 on average, about second round, third round in that range. I got him in the second round in my league. He ended up as wide receiver 26. That's not horrible, but supposed to be wide receiver 10, 26, so... He kind of doubled in the negative, so that's that's not good. But this this is where it, it's just, yeah, you it's not his fault again. Aaron Rodgers got hurt literally first drive, and he had to deal with his quarterback carousel. But, man, it, it's just so hard when he had about only a few finishes in the top 15. Not top 10, top 15. There was only a few times he finished that high. It's... He had a rough year, and again, not all his fault, but he's one of the biggest busts. We thought he was going to do great this year. He was almost a sleeper, even though he was in the second or third round, but didn't turn out. 
And the last one for receivers is Cooper Cup. Again, injuries were a part of this. He got injured before the season even started. But he was drafted about on average, pick number 17, wide receiver 9 overall. He ended as wide receiver 40. Wide receiver 40 for Cooper Cup. Who would have thought that? Um, and he only had four finishes in the top 17. Man, that you don't expect that from Cooper Cup, the fantasy MVP two years ago. You don't expect that. But that's the year he had. And the next we have the biggest fantasy bust for the tight end position. We're going to start with, this might be a little controversial and not quite, again, not really all his fault. Oh, and before I get the Titans, actually, there's one other guy I want to talk about. Justin Jefferson almost made this list in the receiver side, um, but the reason why he didn't, he, he was hurt for majority of the year and he was the number one overall pick in a lot of leagues this year. So that is disappointing that he missed a lot of games, but when he was healthy, he dominated. He was basically scoring over 20 points a game. And in the playoffs, he was back and he was playing great. So if you were able to make the playoffs, even when you're drafting him, he, almost, he probably won you your league, honestly. Um, because if you got in the playoffs with him, you had a good team already, and then plug him in, yeah, he probably won you your league. But back to the tight ends. First one's going to be a little bit controversial, I think. But I put him on here mainly because where he ended up um, after where he was drafted, it was Mark Andrews. He was drafted about pick 25, so early third round, and about tight end two. Kelsey was one. He ended up as tight end 15. Again, mainly injuries were the problem. He missed six, about six and a half games. But in the games that he was healthy, he had two games outside the top 14 overall for tight ends. And tight ends is such a waste, wasteland. That shouldn't be difficult to get into the top 14, but he had two games outside of it when he was healthy. And that's, you wouldn't expect that from Mark Andrews. Um, the next one is probably everyone's biggest disappointment, Kyle Pitts. Again, not his fault. Um, he was drafted about pick 67, tight end 7, but he ended up as tight end 13. And there's really two biggest reasons why he was a, big, he was a disappointment. One, quarterbacks play. He had a couple quarterbacks throwing on the ball, and they, they, they just didn't play well. Heineke and um, Ritter, they, they're not the answer. But the biggest reason is Arthur Smith. He did not know how to run that offense the way that it could be with all that talent. And Kyle Pitts was kind of wasted. I'm excited to see how he plays this year um, with the change of um, changes they got going on with head coach and probably offensive coordinator as well. And also, what's also kind of crazy is Johnny Smith kind of outplayed Kyle Pitts for a good chunk of that season. So it, it's just so disappointing. And the last one for tight ends is Dallas Goddard. Um, he was drafted about pick 64, tight end 6. He ended up as tight end 14. He was below Kyle Pitts. It's crazy to think that. Um, he was injured for a little bit, and the team really, really struggled down the stretch. The Eagles did not play like Philadelphia Eagles toward the end of that year. Um, and he only had four top 10 finishes by missing only three weeks. So he played about 14 games and only four top 10 finishes at tight end. It's really disappointing for someone that you drafted in probably the sixth or seventh round. Those are the biggest busts of the year. We drafted them high or kind of medium range in sixth, seventh round, thinking they were going to be a solid starter for us, and they just didn't turn out. But now, enough about fake football. 
Now it's time to get real. And in today's Get Real segment, I wanted to talk about fathers, about being a father, the importance of that. And what does scripture say about that? Let's look at a few verses here. Um, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then we also have Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Psalm 103, 13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Being a father is so important. There's a ton of scripture on um, fathers and on how to train them up in the Lord, making sure that the children are taught the right ways from the father. I can't I can't tell you how much of a blessing it is to be a father myself. I have three wonderful boys, but I have not been a good father for a chunk of my time. I have really fallen short. Um, the boys had my, my boys, the three boys, they're all about teenagers now, which is crazy, but they had to deal with their parents getting divorced and separating and moving far away. I live now, oh, about three to four states away, depending on the direction, but usually about three states away. It's about eight hour drive to where they're at. So it's not awful, but it's, it's still difficult. Um, about 500 miles, I believe it is. And it's been really challenging um, being able to do what I need to do, staying in their lives like I need to as a father. But about a year or so ago, um, for a couple years, one or two years, I was not involved in their life nearly as much as I should. Um, There were some things going on and I was believing very, very wrong things that they were doing well and maybe I wasn't really needed in their lives and that is so false. Don't let the enemy lie to you like that Um, because I'm now, I have a lot of ground to catch up on restoring what, what I kind of, I kind of broke in their trust and their dependability on me, especially my oldest. My oldest is, is really hurting from it, but I am willing to fight for as long as it takes for my children. They are so important to me. And I love the movie Courageous. Um, by the um, Kendrick Brothers. It's just a fantastic movie. It's got a lot of good quotes in it, Um, especially the end scene when he's just talking to the crowd. This is one of my favorite quotes, and it's got a lot of good statistics on why fathers are so important. In that movie, it says, when a father is absent, kids are five times more likely to commit suicide and abuse drugs, 20 times more likely to wind up in prison. So being involved in your children's lives is vital. It's vital for them because they need someone to look up to and teach them. And mothers are wonderful. Mothers are amazing. But fathers are so needed in this world. There'd be a lot more different situations in this world that fathers really stepped up like they should. Another quote, I now believe that God desires for every father to courageously step up and do whatever it takes to be involved in the lives of his children, the lives of his children. Not just be present, but be involved. Be involved in those lives. It's so important to be able to spend time with our children. 
and um, just help them grow up and have a relationship with them. Courageous is one of my favorite movies. I've seen it multiple times, and every time it really gets to me, really touches my heart. And another quote here, um, the last one we're going to go over, a father should love his children and seek to win their hearts. Not just be there, but seek to win their hearts. He should protect them, discipline them, and teach them about God. All quotes from the movie Courageous. Being a father is so important. It's one of the most important things that we can do in this life if we were blessed with that responsibility. And it is a big responsibility. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining in this week. Um, I'll probably do an episode next week and then the week after that for the Super Bowl. But then I'll not have them every week because um, there won't be as much going on leading up to the draft. But then the draft, I'll ramp up again. But um, I'll continue to make some some podcasts for you guys, talk about some really fun stuff. Um, and if you have any questions about fantasy football or want to learn more about it for next year, come over to my website, fantasyfootballcu.com. Lots of great resources and training and videos to help get you on your way to success. And there's a free public forum. You can ask any question you want. Also a section in there for a prayer request. If something's going on, you're struggling, I'd be happy to pray for you. Thank you guys for joining in. We'll see you next week, and God bless you.